Hi, everybody, and welcome to How Music Charts, the podcast where we explore the dance between using business data while making creative decisions in the music business every day. I'm your co-host, Rutger. And I'm your co-host, Jason. This podcast is owned and operated by Chartmetric, a music data company that connects numbers to narratives to help professionals leverage the power of music. For new listeners joining us, season one of our daily data dump was 107 glorious short-form music data episodes based on current events. But in season two of our podcast, we're going deeper, long-form in-depth interviews with the soldiers on the front lines of music, culture, and data. That's right. People braving the ones and zeros coming from social media, from streaming platforms, from ticket sales, from Mars. Our goal for season two is to highlight these data warriors and their day-to-day so you can hopefully navigate the murky waters of music and data better. What we sincerely hope is that this podcast tells a true account of music and data today. For all its brilliant moments and its worst pitfalls and all the space between. We hope that this is not a thinly veiled ad. We really do want this to be an entertaining and useful listening experience for everyone working in or hoping to work in the world of music. The business and life as we know it is irreversibly married to data, so this is our account of it, for better, for worse. So, without further ado. Today, for the season two premiere, we'll be talking to ourselves. We figure you should know the people you'll be taking this ride with better. Any opinions or views expressed by us on this podcast are ours alone and do not in any way constitute the opinions or views of any company that we currently or have worked for. So, hello, Wrecker. Hello, Jason. So I guess let's start from now and our current positions in the music business. Yeah, yeah. what is your current position in the music business? So I do digital marketing for Chartmetric, as you know. Mm -hmm. I am also a music journalist on the side. What is your current position in the music business, Jason? Right. Uh, So right now I'm a manager of content and insights for Chartmetric. And that is my full-time gig. Um, I Before this, I, though, I went to New York University, just like you currently are. That's right. Um, in the graduate music business program at Steinhardt, the Steinhardt School at New York University here in Manhattan, which is where we currently are. And uh, yeah, uh, it was there where I met uh, Song Cho, who's the current uh, founder and CEO of Chartmetric at a panel, a Mondo NYC music data panel, and uh, chatted up. And uh, it was good, and we uh, hit it off, and we kind of kept in touch since. Where were you before that? Before that, uh, I was actually doing another master's degree, also at New York University, uh, specializing in pop culture analytics. Uh, I was studying kind of the way culture gets affected by social media. Specifically, I was studying a very, very specific topic. I was studying... uh, like Asian or Asian American male music artists hmm. through the lens of YouTube comments. Wow. So it was basically this kind of very kind of 360 look at this kind of sociological issue uh, through kind of like the, the business of music business, but through the lens of a social media platform and the, the dark, dark space of YouTube comments. <laughs> Yeah, that was my interest at the time. How have you been able to apply that to your work at Chartmetric? Um, so, well, before that, I was actually in the Navy. Um, I was uh, working as a uh, cryptology intelligence officer for the United States Navy. And uh, I think it was there where I kind of discovered a love for data, which uh, was not something that I was into as a kid. I did not like math. Um, so 
I think it was that that skill set of looking at all this information that's around you and being able to kind of like zero in on the most important things and kind of ignore the rest. So I enjoyed that skill set, but I just wanted a way to apply it to music because that was the thing that's always been in my life. I mm. played piano as a kid. I was in a, a grunge band growing up. Nice. Because uh, I'm older. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, and so and that was when I went back to grad school uh, using the uh, GI Bill, and uh, that's where I just kind of used those those years to kind of combine those two things. So how about you? How did you get into uh, music journalism? What was oh, that impetus? Well, I studied English at Stanford uh, during my undergrad years. Um, so writing's always been a part of my life, mm-hmm. but music has also since... I was in bands since I was eight, you know, playing Blink-182 covers yeah, and whatnot. Um, so the two just sort of made sense for me. Mm-hmm. Writing about music is kind of like, you know, those two worlds colliding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I started writing for NBC where I essentially interview my favorite bands as they go on tour. I've been doing that for... Three or four years. All now. freelance, or were you ever like on staff? Yeah, all, all freelance for that okay. stuff. Yeah. The reason I have done freelance for so long is because I was a touring musician for a while, mm-hmm. so I needed I needed to be really flexible with my time, right? Um, because I was you know touring across the country, south by southwest, practicing like you know five hours a day. Wait, so I was checking the resume though. And okay. you have studied the brain. Yeah. Um, so I also studied cognitive neuroscience at Stanford. And that's when I first started getting getting into um, data and research stuff. Okay. So just, you know, collecting, running experiments, collecting data on all that. Right. <clears throat> all the experience, experiments I ran on, like, sleep and memory. Okay. Um, so that's where that first came into the picture. Okay. And I got into the master's program for that, but I decided that music was more important. Uh-huh. So I went down that route instead. Music has a tendency to do that. It does. All right, so question, Rucker. Yes. Uh, a very uh, controversial topic Uh-oh. in the industry nowadays is this uh, music data versus gut yes. uh, argument. And I think it's a thing a lot of maybe people who have been in the industry for a long time and data wasn't really much of a thing outside of SoundScan, you know, uh, music sales, that kind of stuff, uh, or spins on terrestrial radio. Um, that was really the only form of data. And so now we have all kinds of streams of data coming in from all these different places. And so what do you think about that? Tug of war, if you will, as some people perceive it to be, which I'm right. not saying it is, but I just think it's something worth uh, addressing. Yeah, totally understand the tension because there's so much data out there. It's first of all, it's overwhelming, so it's hard to make sense of um, in terms of like how do you use it to make a decision, especially a creative decision. And I'm speaking as you know an indie artist who is typically like you know, less data-driven than uh, a major artist with a major label backing behind them. Um, But I think data can be super empowering for an indie artist, especially, because it it can help you in a way that your gut 
maybe won't be able to help you um, because the industry, the landscape has changed so much that so much is data driven. So it can it can help you sort of propel your gut into, you know, a new space. And mm -hmm. that's the same on the flip side with like A&R scouts. I think the two can totally work in tandem. Right. Just as long as you don't forget about the music mm -hmm. and about the human element. Mm -hmm. You gotta, you know, you can't just be looking at numbers. Right. You gotta be listening to the music as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's like one of the things that... uh it's almost like, uh, you know, dad is the new thing. It's mm -hmm. like the new kid in town, relatively. And yeah. so it's getting a lot of the attention. Mm -hmm. And for people just coming to, you know, the industry, I guess, and maybe kind of rally against that a little bit. Right. Because it's getting so much attention. Yeah. But just because a lot of people are talking about it, that it's the only thing. But I just think that it's... Yeah, I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, I, just, I agree. Yeah. I think the one caution there is, especially with recommender systems, is that taking that consumer data doesn't become this sort of echo chamber where people are just right, yeah, yeah. fed um, what they might have, you know, listened to at one point. So they're just stuck in this circle of listening to, to that same sort of stuff over and over and over. yeah. yeah. I think we should insert some kind of unpredictability in there yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. I think that's super important. Yeah, there was a, I was a, a guest on a panel at the Latin Alternative Music Conference uh, this year here in New York. And one of the panelists, which who was an artist, uh, Ile, I think uh, was her stage name, uh, she was really just kind of ambivalent towards the whole data thing. And I, I really valued her voice on right. that panel because yeah, yeah. she's like, yo, I go into the studio and I do my thing and then let the cards fall where they may. And, I'm, right. and I started clapping because I'm like, that's absolutely what your position should be. Like, and, and it brings up this idea of, at least I like to think of, you know, from the whole creative process all the way from, you know, uh, the songwriter or the artist starting to scribble a, the first line of lyric of a song mm -hmm. on their notepad, all the way to a TikTok video that reaches, you know, some kid in, you know, Beijing or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, that entire production and promotion process, I think there's a specific point where data, like the business data, should start to come into play and it should only come into play after the editing process is done. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like if it's a video for Instagram or if, you know you're cutting, you know, a new single or something. Mm -hmm. I think it's only after that part is done and the artist or creative person has finished their creative process and they got out whatever feelings or ideas or yeah. you know things that they needed to get out. Once those things are done and expressed, then you can start bringing in these are the brand affinities for my audience on, uh, you know, whatever right. platform. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just think that there's a very specific part where if we're l trying to be guardians of music in general, um, it should only come in after that and right. not before. Yeah, so using data to, to empower what is created yeah, rather yeah. than using data to create you know, or to influence, the, uh, yeah, yeah, creation and compromise artistic integrity, right? Potentially, right. And of course, there's so many startups that like 
are so on the opposite side of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they totally believe the opposite, which I'm, who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a right and a wrong. No, totally. I think yeah. to, to moralize it is kind of beside the point. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I th- there's one, I think, that they can take already recorded music, like take an Ed Sheeran song or whatever, and then, you know, it'll connect to the, what's the thing on your phone called, like the the pedometer or the thing that the gyroscope in your phone that kind of detects motion. Right. And you're, you're out for a run and it'll, if it's like an Ed Sheeran ballad, it'll speed it up like the BPM oh, yeah, to yeah, your yeah. thing. Or even further enough, like it can actually take stems from the song, just AI wise and just put like an EDM like kick track underneath right. the Ed Sheeran vocal for the ballad. Yeah, and yeah. then just so it can adjust to your speed which starts to get into a whole world of, you know, music rights and how do you even start to license that kind of thing. Totally. But, um, yeah, I don't know. And even AI-generated music. Yeah. I mean, Warner signed a, an AI company to a distribution deal, so... Right, right. Which that, is another extended version of data. I mean, it's not right. necessarily the data that I think we were initially talking about, like, just the business side of it, yeah. but... But I don't think AI and or robots are going to replace music creators, human music creators, anytime soon. So I don't think we should be worried about that. All right, cool. So next we have a speed round. That's right. Not Rutger. Where this is the part where we're going to ask our guest to uh, answer things very fastly in a series of rapid fire questions and or whatever and just so we can get to know them a little bit better let's do it you ready i'm ready okay here we go backstreet boys or in sync in sync god bless you god bless you all right go uh vinyl or cd vinyl uh followers or monthly listeners Ooh, followers Uh, why fandom fandom okay word go Nicki minaj or cardi b Nicki minaj agreed viral hit or slow growth over time slow growth over time baby word Percentage gain or absolute growth? Percentage gain. Uh, New York or L.A.? New York. Oh, I moved here quick. from L.A. So. Oh, word. That was yeah. easy for you. Arena or dive bar? Arena. Nice. What sound or noise do you love? Bass. Bass. Yeah. Hello, can you go? Word. Bigger Tupac. Tupac. Whoa. West Coast? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. He was just intense, man. That's to do or die, though. But- <laughs> What turns you on? Spreadsheets. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Earbuds or headphones? I think I have my answer. Based on what you're wearing right now. Uh, earbuds, actually. <laughs> Honestly. I have, really? I have wired headphones on now for all the listeners, but uh, yeah. Okay. Convenience. Yeah. Yeah. If I wasn't in New York City, then maybe I'd say headphones. But the convenience factor is just right. crazy. What turns you off? Close-mindedness. Respect. Charts or playlists? Playlists. Data or gut? Trick question. Oh, they work together. Oh, shoot. I got one more. Okay. Uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks so much for chatting with us today, guests. Rutger. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Jason, for <laughs> answering all of my hard-hitting questions. Oh, you're very welcome. How Music Charts is written and produced by Jason Hoven and Rutger Rosenborg of Chartmetric. Special thanks to us for talking to ourselves. To ourselves. <laughs> We're on the socials at Chartmetric. That's Chartmetric, one word and no S. Follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and talk to us. 
If you'd like to email us, you can now do that at social at chartmetric.com. And we would love to hear from you. Love it. Uh, free Chartmetric accounts are available at chartmetric.com. And article links and show notes are at podcast.chartmetric.com. If you haven't downloaded 6ML, it's our global music industry data report. You can find it all across our socials and in our show notes. That is it for the season two premiere of How Music Charts. Yay! Woo! Thanks for listening. And until then, eat your charts out. Are oh, you supposed there to say it with me? You can't just make <laughs> okay. me say it. All right. Eat your charts out.